Support for this podcast comes from Sonovate, the leading provider of finance and payment solutions for the contingent workforce. If you're placing contractors in the UK or overseas, Sonovate's technology and funding can help you unlock your working capital. Whether you're a large recruitment business or just starting up, with Sonovate, managing your contractors' payments has never been easier, allowing you to focus on expanding your business. Don't let payment deadlines hold you back. Trust Sonovate to keep your funds in place and your business growing. Find out more at www.sonovate.com. That's www.sonovate.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 516 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The balance of the workforce is changing. Remote working, talent scarcity and evolving attitudes to jobs and careers are driving an increasing use of contractors, freelancers and fractional workers. However, The practicalities of managing this changing workforce are significant, including everything from building a culture to ensuring everyone gets paid on time. So how should employers be approaching this? What role can technology play? And how can they turn the challenges into opportunities? My guest this week is Richard Prime, co-founder and CEO of Sonovate. Richard has some fascinating insights to share on the state of the market and how fintech innovations are creating opportunities for employers and staffing agencies in our new world of work. Hi, Richard, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? My name is Richard Prime. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Sonovate. Um, my, my background prior to launching Sonovate is that I worked for around 15 years in the recruitment agency space. I worked for a staffing group called S3. I, I joined that in 1996 and uh, so spent a great deal of time in agency prior to launching Sonovate. Um, I'm the co-founder of Sonovate. We initially launched with the aim uh, was to start uh, providing workflow technology for startup recruitment agencies. Um, they're kind of their technology for placing contractors, um, contracts, timesheet technology, invoice technology, payments, and at the heart of that, providing them with the working capital finance to basically ensure their workers got paid immediately, and so did they. So I think in in today's language, they call it embedded finance. We we certainly didn't come up with that that title back then. And fast forward to today, um, Sonovate's the leading platform for embedded finance and payment solutions to basically the contingent labour supply chain. So recruitment agencies, consultancies, labour marketplaces. Um, To date, we funded, since we launched the platform, three and a half billion to around three and a half thousand companies and around 40,000 workers have been paid through the platforms to around uh, and funded into about 40 countries. Um, And this year, we're expecting to fund around 1.8 billion to the sector um, as we go into 2023. It's been a very disruptive few years in the recruitment space. Well, it's been a very disruptive three years everywhere, but um, obviously specifically to, to recruiting. 
And 2023 looks like it's going to be sort of be no exception to that. What's your perspective on the current state of the market? And how are you sort of seeing that play out in different countries that you operate in? Yeah, I mean, look, for sure, it's been an incredibly um, uh, disruptive few years, right? Everything from COVID all the way through to kind of great resignation, hyperinflation, cost of living, all those things. And I think anybody in the staffing space has had to be dealing with quite significant changes constantly. Um, I think where do, where do we see the state of the market? I think, you know, m- macro uh, concerns still persist for sure. Um, I think they are still on people's radar, although I think people are feeling a little bit calmer as to how their staffing looks over the next year. Um, I think for recruitment agencies, they, you know, 2022 undoubtedly was a bumper year for them, but I don't think for one second that 2022 is going to be a bad year. Um, and I equally think maybe that, that, you know, from an employer's perspective, maybe it calms down a little bit, although there is still a fight for talent. I'm sure that's still going to be part of the the consideration. Um we still see job activity is still strong, um, even in the face of some of those challenges. I think the the SIA, for example, brought out to report just a few days ago, particularly around contract and temp and market, and still saying that there's still very positive signs uh, in the supply of, of contract and temp. Um, but broadly, I think it's you know I think it, I think the market is okay. Um, I think good recruiters. Uh, you know, they historically they they find the right way to do it. I think, you know, 2022, as I mentioned, has been a boom year, but I do think they'll figure out the right things to be doing to still make 2023 a a good year. And what do we see, you know, ge- geographically? I think very common story. I think um, certain parts of the market, there is still a shortage of labour, particularly around the sort of blue collar space. And, you know, in the in the higher paid white collar STEM sectors, there still is, pretty buoyant market and and we're sort of seeing that data across both the uk market wider into europe and even the same in the us one of the things that's becoming sort of very apparent over the last few years and seems to have been very much accelerated by the pandemic is employers starting to look at their talent needs very differently we've got remote working, opening up talent pools for some companies all over the world. Do you think more people are choosing to work as contractors, as freelancers, independently, as fractional? And how quickly are employers adapting to that and kind of really looking to sort of make the most of this this new thinking about the way that we work? Yeah, no, it's an, it's an interesting question, Matt. I mean, look, starting off, you know, the first part of your question is that I think that you know the, the 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 remote stroke hybrid way of working has undoubtedly changed the way people should be thinking about talent pools and i think if businesses aren't adapting and thinking about that then they're going to be left behind in that in that a not only the fight for talent but equally how do they how do they commercially position their business um to be efficient in in the changing ways in which you know talent is going to be used um sort of second part uh yeah, look, un- undoubtedly, there's more and more people choosing to work in a sort of freelance contract, plural nature. Um, you know, we see this in um, in the younger generations, for sure. But actually, at the other end of that, um, particularly, again, with the cost of living rise, you're seeing you're seeing it in the closer to retired or even some that had retired that have gone back into working because of the nature of, you know, being able to do their work 
in a remote fashion. And um, we, we won a future world of work report. We, we did our second year in 2023. And I maybe mentioned a few statistics in support of that question. If we look at sort of businesses starting on that side, um, 67% of businesses are experiencing a shift towards a greater proportion of their workforce being contingent uh, workers. That's up from 55% in 2021. 60% of uh, reporting that members of their permanent staff, so full-time employees, uh, they're having some of those asking to work in a more contract-flexible nature. Um, 67% of UK businesses believing offering flexibility is crucial uh, in this fight for talent and sought after skills. Now, I know some of these data points will be coming out of 2022, but I do think the general trend for a lot of those things is still holding up. And if we think about it from the, the worker side of things, you know, 45% of workers think freelance working will help more people stay working or earn more um, than they would do maybe in a full-time role and to fight against that that cost of living. Um, so, I think it's it's undoubtedly uh, shifted. It shifted rapidly because of COVID, but I I do think a lot of the data Matt is suggesting that it's here to stay, and it's not something that's kind of a flash in the pan, in, and will revert back to what it was historically. And I think that's really interesting, and it's it's really interesting that you've you've got data around that because certainly what comes across from you know a lot of the people that I speak to on the podcast but if if we look at the the sort of the narratives that are out there in the in in the media and some of the 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 commentators it would seem that there's a massive drive to have full-time workers back in the office but that isn't actually the case is it no and, and look the the one thing i would say um and it sort of leads on to maybe some other things we'll talk about but look this is a challenge and i and i and i think that you know, businesses have to realise that this isn't easy and there's no one silver bullet that solves all of the challenges that come with it. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we just have to consider and and I think businesses and workers alike are trying to work through those challenges. And what are the most innovative businesses doing in this area? That to me exactly leads off from where we were there. As I, as I said, I think I think the first thing that the innovative businesses is, are realising it's a challenge but 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 ultimately it is a big opportunity for them and 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 I think what what they're what they're doing at the initial point from what from what I can see is that they're asking themselves a lot of questions and challenging kind of their long standing beliefs as to whether they're relevant today you know looking at you know working culture to ensure it's ready for flexible working so how do you better incorporate temporary contract staff you know, what are you doing beyond just providing IT for people to work anywhere, anytime? You know, how do you keep your organization's culture and DNA alive? You know, how do you promote collaboration across teams and across functions? You know, how is trust high and, you know, people believing that people are still working with sort of efficiencies and doing the work that they, they said that they're doing? So I think, I think the innovative businesses are asking the challenging questions and trying to come up with the right answers there. And I think, Clearly, technology, you know, is, is an enabler. Um, and I think that the businesses that are embracing technology and, and understanding how it can help, um, not only in the, you know, finding of, calen- uh, of, of, of candidates, but also in that kind of, sh- you know, make it, making it a strong organisation for what is going to become a much more flexible and disparate workforce over the coming years and, and likely to be the future of how those organisations are set up. Um, and, and maybe finally, even even to some extent, you know, in, internationally and in some businesses having more and more of their workforce on an international um, uh, basis. Picking up on that, I think that some really interesting stuff there. And I think one of the things that that doesn't necessarily get 
discussed as perhaps as much as it should do. Are, are some of the practicalities around this and around uh, the, the way that works changing? And you just see, you seem like the perfect person to talk about this and ask this question to. How is this panning out in practical terms? What are the issues? What are the solutions? At a basic level, how complicated is it to make sure that people get paid? It's a great question. And I think it's, it, it has been a challenge that businesses have had to react to very, very quickly. I and mean, particularly, obviously, large larger organisations that have realised that maybe if their workforce was quite international anyway, the talent has, 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 has moved away, often moved back home, they are now more disparate. So things like, you know, how do I actually, how do I actually employ somebody? How do I actually have a contract in place? How do I actually make a payment to somebody? How do I make sure taxes are dealt with correctly? So there's been a lot of innovation around things like employer of record and, you know, businesses that have grown very rapidly to solve those challenges. But certainly on the payment side of things, I mean, look, this is, this is a, you know, a, a, a constant concern for the contract freelance uh, uh, world. Um, you know, this, this, um, you know, we've got, we've got to remember this is this is paid to them. You know, they are they may be working under a business. They may be um, supplying an invoice for for the services that they've carried out if they're if they're working under that type of vehicle. But ultimately, it's their pay that they they need to get in and they need to get it regularly. And that's often been a big problem for folks working like this. And again, some of these data points came out of our our survey, and I think it may be worth highlighting what the workers were saying that they wanted. Um, and were key to them. And they said, technology and administrative change that provides prompt payment for invoices, that was 27%, the ma- main driver. Prompt timesheeting and processing uh, to ensure that they could submit their um, um, their request for pay, that was 26%. More frequent payment, um, come on to maybe a comment around that. And um, one in five of them called for earlier, more flexible access to payment. And, you know, the sorts of things that we're seeing, Matt, is, um, the emergence of things like uh, you know offering flexible frequent pay solutions in the in the in the permanent arena you are seeing more and more um, of the kind of early wage access gaining momentum in the UK and around the world which enables businesses to rethink traditional payroll and for people to get access to their their pay intramonth um, particularly with this kind of cost of living spike that is that is something that is is hurting people and people are needing to to gain access to their to their pay. So these are key things that we're sort of seeing around the payment side of things. What we also see in the SME um, world, which is, as, as we all know, is the kind of lifeblood of the UK economy, we believe that there needs to be an increase in awareness of what options are available today um, from, from folks like ourselves in the fintech space um, that find it harder to gain uh, lending via the banks and the traditional funders. And that was some really strong statistics that again came out from the report that we did um, in 2022. So SMEs' uh, thoughts around lending, 26% of the SMEs surveyed last year said they had difficulties accessing finance from their main banks. 38% said that banks don't understand their business needs. And 41% think think banks' lending policies haven't kept pace with business needs. So when you think about that in a staffing perspective, if you're a business that's got more and more of your workforce that is working in a contract or temp nature and they're expecting to get paid on a weekly basis or maybe monthly but people want access more quickly and you haven't got your finances and your sort of payroll structures in place then that fight for talent and that desire for people to want to work in that organization is going to diminish so um 
payment is a key thing. And I think it's something that people need to keep mindful of um, in this sort of changing future world of work. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I suppose it leads on to the final question, because you've got quite a unique position in that you're a fintech company, but you're very much in the recruiting and staffing sector. How do you see things developing in the future at that collision point between fintech and recruiting? I think it's a really, really exciting period that we're going to come into where you see the the capability of service businesses like recruitment agencies like consultancies gain access via the kind of fintech embedded finance community that is going to enable them to start thinking about what are the services that they provide to their customers so if we think about the kind of natural world as it, it is at the moment you've got say a recruitment agency that's got you know hundreds if not thousands of contractors that are working through their through their business they're making payments to them constantly they're having to onboard them bank accounts things like knowing their customer all of those sorts of things where they then take that information where in reality with the way open finance and open banking is is coming to play and people like sonovate providing our services via a public api it can mean that they can actually own a lot more of that um, that process and and actually feel to their um, to their community of contractors and freelancers that they actually can provide sort of financial services products at that point of need. So it enables them to get much closer to provide a wider um, uh, service capability and undoubtedly open up other revenue streams for them. Um, and I equally think it's going to happen uh, from from their client side of things, where things like open banking and open financing and even open data means that things like payments, onboarding, KYC, checking, all of those things that can happen in that supply chain just become much more knitted together rather than historically where, for example, a financier or a bank sits third party, payments are made outside of that flow, nobody knows what's happening, constantly have I been paid, haven't I been paid, those types of basic things that people want to know and understand, I think that's going to be embedded and you know much more into the into the sort of staffing whether that's the recruitment agency or or even you know to an extent in talent management within large corporations where they'll utilize the fintech community to you know change that user journey and add other features and products as they go forward richard thank you very much for talking to me thanks matt very very nice to be speaking with you as well thank you my thanks to richard You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.